The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Come on and feel the noise. Girls, rock your boys. Let's get wild, wild, wild. And we're going to get wild, wild, wild on the Arrowhead Edit Podcast with Matt Connor and Sterling Holmes. I'm Sterling Holmes. Matt Connor, how you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I feel both quiet and riotous. So that was a perfect intro. How are you, man? Doing good. Fun fact, Pete. That's how I learned what an oxymoron was in like elementary school. I actually had a quiet riot shirt and we're talking about oxymorons and I'm like, you know, little, I don't know, nine year old me rocking a quiet riot shirt, metal health, you know, with the kind of almost (laughs) Freddy scary ass thing on the front. I'm like, excuse me, miss teacher, is this an oxymoron? And so that's how I learned what it was. Man, that's a good education. Everything should come through the lens of like 80s hard rock. Uh, like I would have loved like Jack Black school of rock. Like that would have been a lot of fun to be in that class. That, that, I had a Bon Jovi teacher who was just like the biggest fan of Bon Jovi. It was math too. And I'm horrible at math. So you better believe I sucked up and was giving all these horrible puns just so I could pass that class. I mean, I'm just sitting here living <laughs> on a prayer through this math class. Dude, be, like I mean, science was, lab would be like slippery when wet. You could do a whole series of experiments. I mean, seriously, you're just... I, I had to take some bad medicine to get through it. <laughs> Dude, that's like later Bon Jovi. That's like uh that's like true Bon Jovi fan past that first album. I like uh, it. Now, now we're really getting into it, which we're really going to get into this show talking chiefs. But before we talk about the Kansas city chiefs, Connor, what is it? Dude, we, uh, we just want to give a major shout out to our wonderful sponsors. By the way, I've been drinking, uh, a lot of the IPA that uh, that they made sure to get to me, uh, which we much appreciate. Uh, which, by the way, if you're if you're shaking your head, if you heard the needle scratch there, you're like, wait, KC beer and IPA? Yeah, that's right. We've got breaking news to get right away to you because they never said they said they never release an IPA at one point in time, but they actually brewed one so good that our friends at KC Beer Co broke their own rules. It's called Never Say IPA. It's the newest beer and the first IPA to hit the KC Beer lineup. It's a celebration of German and American brewing traditions using both German and American hops as well as German malt and yeast. It's refreshing. It's aromatic. You got to try it. It's another great beer from the award-winning brewery with such a terrific lineup of brews. Look, even if you don't like IPAs, you're going to love what they have already. But of course, if you do, you're going to welcome this edition. Look for the Red Casey Beer Co. cartons in your local store if you're fortunate enough to have it in your region. And support us here at the Arrowhead Attic Podcast by supporting them. Do us a favor. Give them a shout on Twitter at KC Beer Co. That's K-C-B-I-E-R-C-O. Let them know you heard about their product on our podcast. It keeps us in business and uh, it helps you dare to beer different. Of course, drink responsibly, folks. 21 and over now with the show. Let's get into it. Let's start with ranking the greatest roster concerns. Uh, I know it's going to be funny because we're very spoiled here in Chiefs Kingdom. Maybe it's because we went to the dark days. We went to the Tyler Palco days. So now we understand we're at the glorious part. We're here. So some of the biggest issues might be uh, tied in four. It might just be backup <laughs> quarterback. It might just be, do the Chiefs carry a fullback on the roster? But there are some concerns, I think, that are very valid. Uh, let's start with uh, – let's get five concerns, all right? Let's get five concerns out of the way. 
Uh, I'll start with my number fifth concern. My number fifth concern is punter. Sterling, why is this a concern? My concern is what's going to happen with Tommy Townsend. Now, he was tagged, right? But he was tagged at the low level as far as punters go. It wasn't necessarily a franchise tag, but he was um, whatever that contract's given the restricted free agent. It's at the lower level. If he hit the open market, he could command four to five plus million dollars per season. And my issue is the Chiefs don't punt a lot. While I do think Tommy Townsend is a weapon. He might be the best punter as far as leg in the entire NFL. For a team that doesn't punt much, we've seen in the past go, they've, they've got a cheaper route. They had a chance to keep Dustin Colquitt, who was still, I don't want to say in his prime, but still very effective. And what do they do? They cut Dustin Colquitt just to save $1 million. So my concern is what is going to happen with Tommy Townsend? That's my fifth concern for the Kansas City Chiefs. Mm. I find that really interesting that, that you were that, uh, concerned here, and I, I mean, I know you said it's really not that big of a concern, maybe. That's why it's five. <laughs> I know, I know, but I also thought that you were kind of out on Townsend maybe compared to me, because I agree. I, like, I Look, here's what I think. I think of the NFL, you have to take advantage of any mismatch, of any edge over the competition that you could possibly get. I think, like, in a league where, where so little separates good and bad or great and elite like when like when the margins are so thin you take any edge over the opponent that you can get that's what makes bill belichick such an incredible coach is that he's so good at getting those like getting the extra edge on an opponent in any way shape or form and the chiefs have a special teams edge with tommy townsend as their punter now you can say oh, dave tub can find any punter and be fine. You could say, "Oh, the Chiefs never, never punt anyway. That's the easiest job in the NFL." Like that, you could say those things. But the truth is, we also all celebrated when we would see him make like these these corner, you know, coffin corner punts. When we see him like boot the ball so far down the field. When we see the team be able to down it within the five in these pivotal moments, we're all applauding those things. And so, you know, I. I think you're right. I, th- I think it's important. It's going to be interesting to see if a team comes along and offers him a richer deal. Um, yeah, we're talking a lot more about punter than probably anyone ever thought. But at the same time, I think it's important to acknowledge Tommy Townsend's really valuable in that underrated kind of way. So, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. What's number four on your list? I have backup quarterback. I'm not too worried here because I think it's going to be Shane Bouchel. I'm fairly confident it's Shane Bouchel based on the fact that they kept him basically covered all season long. They made sure he wasn't poached by another team. That, in my mind, screams they want Shane Bouchel to be the backup this year. There was legitimate talk that he might be the guy last year, but Chad Henney held on for one more season. And now that Chad Henney's retired – Anything's possible. It's time for anything to be possible with Shane Bouchelle. Uh, I think it's his time to shine. I know the Chiefs, and especially Andy Reid, they love having a legitimate veteran back. They want someone who's a smart guy, be in the locker room. But at this point, Mahomes is a veteran. What more is he learning from these guys that he doesn't know himself? So I don't think you have to have that veteran presence. I know, folks, Sean actually just said it right there. Cam Newton, is he going to be a backup quarterback? I don't think you want that. I, I don't think you want a guy who was a former MVP, who has that former cachet. You don't want someone that can take any eyes away from what the team is trying to build. Nothing against Cam Newton, but in every stop he's been at, there's always been question marks. You don't want question marks about your backup QB. There won't be question marks with Shane Bouchel. I, I, I do think there's some talent there. I like him to be the backup QB. You wouldn't want Cam Newton – like what questions would Cam Newton bring up? Are you saying that there would be like drama around his presence in general? Is that is sure? That what you're he, he, I mean, you, you see him already on Twitter talking about how there's not uh, 32, 32 better. QB better quarterback than this MF or like, I get it. But frankly, some teams are rebuilding. Sure, you might be better than Zach Wilson, but you're probably going to be more expensive than Zach Wilson, and you're not giving them any sort of future. You are who you are at this point. I, I don't see it. I get it. He'd be pretty good in those short yarded situations. I understand that aspect of it, but I, I think Shane Bouchelle brings more to the table at this point. Mm. Boy, that's a pretty positive read on Shane Bouchelle. And, and I'm not against you, by the way, like I, like the chiefs are with you 
Look, the Arizona Cardinals, remember this, the Arizona Cardinals were going to poach Shane Bouchelle from uh, the practice squad, and the Chiefs then said, nope, and they elevated him to the active roster, and they kept him on the active roster as a healthy scratch all year long. So that took up a valuable roster spot for a guy that you knew wasn't going to play because he was QB3. That means the Chiefs really do like Shane Bouchelle. He's not like he's not there in sort of a Dustin Crum kind of way or or who are some of the other uh Kyle Shermer, right? Who's come and gone as some sort of fly-by-night developmental arm. Shane Bouchelle is there. I think you're right. I think he's number 2. That said, let's say something happens to Patrick Mahomes, knock on wood here, right? For any length of time. Suddenly you're thinking Damn, should we have signed Cam Dude? I like, like there is something to be said for. I, I think I prefer Shane Bouchelle over Cam Newton. If that's going to be your your, your point, I, I think at this point in their careers, I've seen what I've seen from Cam Newton. I don't think Cam Newton fits this offense very well. I would just need to see it to believe it with Shane Bouchelle, right? Like I'd like I'd I'd have to see him playing a, you know, every team rises up to meet the Chiefs, um, and the Chiefs play a first place schedule, so the drop could be precipitous there in a major way. If Mahomes is out for an extended period of time, it's the Peyton Manning situation. The Chiefs are bleeped. Like, that's basically what it comes down to. Let's be real here. If for a game or two, they're fine. If it's a full season, let's not even talk about this. I don't, I don't enjoy talking about even putting the bad it. juju out there. I'm not a it. fan of that. That That's just where I stand. I think Bouchelle makes the most sense at this, this point. I want to see what he – what he brings. And again, the chiefs obviously value him enough that they protected him in that situation. That tells me a little bit, uh, maybe Tyler Bray can come back into the fold. Maybe Tyler Bray's the guy, Tyler Bray, maybe some chase Daniel, by the way, I need that job. If anyone wants to give me millions of dollars to hold a clipboard, I, I would do it for hundreds of thousands. I, I, I don't know about you. Drew lock. Give me drew lock. Mm, I know. <laughs> you you gotta point. have that Mizzou backup QB, baby. Dude, you, you've been loving Drew Locke QB. for a long time. Dude, you were a Broncos fan. You wouldn't tell fans that, but don't you were you, don't you dare. I caught you rooting for Denver. Never. Folks, don't listen to him. He's Connor. Don't you even joke about this. It's already in the transcript of the show. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's already out there. What's Todd Collins up to these days? <laughs> that might be that right there is a comment to leave that backup QB on. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Uh, number three, as far yeah, what's as my number left, three? right tackle, Juwan yeah. Taylor's, I, in my opinion, firmly entrenched at left tackle. I know everyone was clamoring for Laramie Tunzel, but that $75 million, 60 mil guarantee to stay in Houston, I'm sure tastes pretty good. Sure, it's not a winning team, but I will say Houston's doing a nice job. If they do draft a quarterback, getting Dalton Schultz, what do young QBs, rookie quarterbacks look for? Typically, first and foremost, tight end. How do you protect your rookie young quarterback, your investment? Get a good offensive line, Larry Tunsil. They won't be good, but I like what Houston is doing. That's the first time I've said that in a long time. But right tackle is still a fairly big concern for me. I think Lucas Niang is going to get the first crack at it. I'm not sure if it's going to be uh, another veteran right tackle signing, so you have some sort of known commodity at right tackle just in case. How much can you trust Lucas Niang in the health issues? Is Darian Kennard going to get a crack at any point? We might see. We might not. He was moved again at one point from tackle to right guard throughout last year. Was that for versatility reasons, or is that from a case that he could not physically play right tackle in the NFL? Do the Chiefs try and draft, hit the draft again for another right tackle? Maybe. 
My best bet is Niang gets the first crack, and the Chiefs try and bring in a cheap right tackle, a la Andrew Wiley. Not what Andrew Wiley got this year, but what, what Wiley was last year. That, to me, is the best guess for what happens at right tackle. Yeah. It'll be really interesting to see the Chiefs plan in the draft because if you see a tackle taken in the first round or two, that tells you everything you need to know about the patella injury of Lucas Nee. I mean, at that point, Niang's over and he's swing tackle at best, and then we'll forget him, you know, in a few years. But if if Niang is looking good at Arrowhead right now, if he's if he's coming back, if he's showing strong in the weight room, if if doctors are giving him a good sign, the Chiefs can afford to kind of tap the brakes there, grab another guy, maybe in the third round is like some competition. Um, as like a future swing tackle, that kind of thing. You have Darian Kennard who may be able to step out, even though they're kind of priming him maybe for more of an interior role. I I do like what you're saying there. I think it would make sense to sign um, like over at the Chiefs Wire. Our friends at the Chiefs Wire were floating out like maybe a DJ Fluker kind of guy, someone who could who could maybe you know we've talked about Taylor Luan you know a couple times here, some kind of veteran on some kind of low level one year deal kind of like what the chiefs just did with Derek naughty bringing him back in the middle i'm sure we'll talk about defensive tackle here in just a second but getting those low-level guys one-year deal gives you some security then you go into the real future planning without that pressure to act at any sort of position um so yeah i love it uh what's your number two by the way number two number two for me is edge slash just to say defensive line in general because the chiefs are trying to go positionless almost at defensive line it's the golden state warriors in the nba you're going to see mike dana line up inside outside carloffis inside outside uh inside outside right chris jones inside out they're very versatile on this defensive line but i still have some concerns with no frank clark no carlos dunlap uh brandon williams is not back that's some big misses or big snaps that are gone. A lot, a lot of opportunity. Karloftis, obviously, Chris Jones, Turk Wharton, Derek Nottie. That's fine and all, but you need some more depth. You need some other guys to get some run in there. Mike Dan is a very solid backup. I love the fact he's getting probably more opportunity next year, but I don't think you want him to be a 70% snap type of player. That's not where he fits in. And then the Chiefs hit the draft hard. 31, uh, maybe second round. We'll see a couple of D-line uh, D-Lyman drafted by Kansas City. But you need someone who can play and play pretty early in the season. I wonder if there's still a veteran signing out there. Uh, this would be my number two concern, though, is what's the plan at D-Line? Where are these snaps going to go? Yeah, I- I'm with you. I mean, there's a lot to talk about here. Uh, first of all, you know, they just brought back Derek Nottie today. We, You know, we wrote about this on the site. Derek Nottie played 54% of snaps in 2019, his second season. It looked like he was growing into a role. And then in 2020, it hits 46%. 2021, it hits 40%. Last year, Derek Nottie only played 34%. The trajectory here under Steve Spagnolo is give that guy less snaps than ever before. And they've been like lessening his load for the last four years. It's surprising to me that he was the guy brought in to be that veteran presence. I'm sure it's a low-level deal. I'm 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 sure it's a you know, it, you know it, it. He does what he does fine. Um, but I I thought Shelby Harris. I thought Al Woods, who was just set free. Dude, Al Woods is like 35, 36, but that dude is like a strongman competition winner. Like he's like he's one of those guys who should have had like a a curly handlebar mustachioed uh like look like back in the day who was like bald with like a onesie on just running around it like he's just he's insane he's insane so i i would have liked to have actually seen a different veteran presence there it wouldn't surprise me and maybe you can weigh in on this it wouldn't surprise me to see the chiefs go first round defensive tackle and get a real disruptor who can kind of help take like because i think chris jones is even you know what they've done with travis kelsey over the last couple years is ease his load a bit so he's better for the long haul as Chris Jones moves into his third contract, he's going to need sort of a slightly lessened load over time. You got to have another good def- defensive tackle there. Yeah, I, I would just love to see something something more at the position. Derek Nottie didn't move the meter for me, and and I'm kind of over it. He's a depth piece. I mean, again, we saw him get some snaps taken away by guys like Brandon Williams, right? Uh, Derek Naughty is just a depth piece, and that's fine. You need depth pieces. Colin Saunders was starting to come into his own. He leaves for New Orleans. 
Uh, that's a relatively big loss. But again, he was still at an unproven commodity for the most part, right? It wasn't like he had any sort of consistent year for Kansas City. We saw glimpses. We saw the high end of what he could do, but we never saw it with any sort of consistency. So that was still a, a question mark. Uh, looking at the current free agents on the defensive line, uh, again, I apologize if some of these guys signed very quickly or signed recently. Uh, this is just what I have right in front of me. Frank Clark, obviously. Uh, Robert Quinn, uh, Ngakwe, Jadavian Clowney, uh, Shelby Harris, uh, Ashawn Robinson, uh, 36-year-old Calais Campbell, Jordan Phillips, technically, Justin Houston, I believe, is technically one, and like Carlos Dunlap. I mean, we're, we're talking more older guys, which is probably what the Chiefs are looking for, because you mentioned they're going to draft someone early in the draft. Yeah, yeah. That's the plan, but you still want to have that veteran guy. It went from Terrell Suggs to Melvin Ingram, uh, and then obviously last year was Carlos Dunlap. I think some of us thought it might be Frank Clark this year. That was my thought process was Frank Clark was going to transition into that veteran role. I don't think he is. I think Frank Clark still thinks he has a chance to get one more decent contract out of him. So he probably takes the money. Uh, if that's the case, they're probably going to try and look for a veteran guy on that same, you know, one year, $3 million contract. We just don't know who it's going to be. Pick a name. That's probably who it is. <laughs> <laughs> Campbell's visiting with the Falcons, which was a little surprising to me because I also saw the Falcons linked in a possible trade. Like we're, we're talking about DeAndre Hopkins. We'll probably get there eventually. The Falcons is like, where are the Falcons going? Like they're like, they're destined for last place. I, I just don't get why that sort of team is flirting with like mid thirties products when you're writing it, when you're trying out Desmond Ritter as your quarterback and, and, and clearly going nowhere next year. Anyway, I, I don't know. By the way, I just looked up Derek Naughty has six total tackles for loss in five years. Derek Naughty has three tackles for loss in the last three years. The dude doesn't even remotely get in the backfield except once a year, once a year to like make a play splitting a gap and, and getting the runner beyond like the line of scrimmage ever. It's so little push. You, you just, you got to have more there. You just got to have more. I'm with him anymore, more, but you know, that's not his game. That That's not what he's there for. He's I there mean, there's a run stuffer. You got to be yeah. able to, um, I get the yeah I, I don't know I yeah I want more there I just there could want more be there. A, an upgrade at that position yeah yeah uh, let let's talk um, let's talk wide receiver is that your number one that's my number one is wide receiver what like uh, like just like why is this bigger than D line for you so for me. I, I think D-line has a good core of guys. Like, I think with Chris Jones and Carl Loftus, you at least have some talent. And again, with a expectation of a first or second round pick there. Um, and it's still some decent dudes on the, on the free agent market. As far as guys who can make an impact for one more season, I'm okay. I, I feel like there's some, some room there. As far as what the options are at wide receiver, it's very questionable to say the least. Uh, obviously, the DeAndre Hopkins trade, that's going to be – the forefront of everyone here in Chiefs Kingdom saying, get D-Hop, get D-Hop, get D-Hop, although it kind of goes against what the Chiefs have told us they're doing the past two years, which is getting younger, getting more cost-controlled. That would somewhat go against their uh, their game plan. So I, I think a guy who I'm finding very, very fascinating to watch and someone who I think is going under the radar, Richie James. Richie James was with the Giants last year. He's 27. He's not as young as you might think, but he really stepped up for the Giants when they had no one. No one was stepping up in that wide receiver room. Richie James stepped up. You look at his overall stats and you're saying, they're not great, Sterling. You're an idiot. And I go, yeah, I might be an idiot, but if you watch the second half of the season, he looked pretty damn good. I mean, he was basically their wide receiver one. And he had Daniel Jones throwing the ball and no other wide receivers. So I think as far as like a wild card pick, I think Richie James could make some sense here in Kansas City. He's 5'8", 5'9", 185, not a big dude, but he's shifty. He gets open. He would also make Kadarius Tony take some of the return game away from Tony. So if you want to keep him healthy, no better way to do it than get another guy who can fill that role. I would like him here in Kansas City. Man, by the way, you're jumping a little bit ahead on our on our planning sheet. I got you're, excited, Matt. You're, you're mixing it up. You're mixing it up. Now I don't know what we're going to do next it's, it's like you just introduced the juggling bear when the lion tamer's already in the ring, and now I don't know what the hell's happened in this circus. 
Anyway, I'll, let me ask you this because I'm because I'm going to save my curveball. Well, you can't, I, can't get, it. I can't get excited for my curveball. How dare you? No, that's okay. But let me ask you this: when you rank it number one as a concern, I want to know how great of a concern overall would you say it is? Like, would you would you say all of these are minor concerns? Would you say one or two are major concerns? Would you say they're middling? I mean, I. I guess I wonder like one to 10, when you say the word concern, like what's the, what's the gradient there? Wide receiver is a seven out of 10 for me. Okay. And the reason why it's a seven out of 10, you have Mahomes and he just proved he doesn't need an elite wide receiver one to get it done and to win the Super Bowl. You still have Travis Kelsey here, right? So I'm not saying you need an elite guy, but you need a guy. So we've seen other teams in the NFL have great success with rookies in their first year, right, making big impacts. We've seen it from Terry McLaurin, Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, uh, C.D. Lamb, um, a few other guys, right? There's a few other guys that you can just point to and say, you know, Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave. It seems like year after year we're starting to see more and more wide receivers have major impacts in their rookie season. Yeah. Well, the Chiefs don't roll that way, and that gives me some concern. Sky Moore, we thought, had an opportunity this year, right, to, to really get some snaps. Wasn't the case. Now, maybe this year is different based on necessity, but this has not been the Chiefs' M.O. That gives me some concern. You go down the free agent list, you think Nikhil Harry is the dude? You think that's the guy that the Chiefs need to go after, a DJ Chark? There's not a whole bunch of free agents out there that, that really move the needle. So I would say this is a concern level 7 out of 10 for me. What about you? I th- I, I'm with you. I'm with you because every every maybe 7 even is a good number there. Because everything that you have in house, you have reasons to be optimistic and you have reason for concern. So with Sky Moore, you know, like like the team has come out or these reports, like James look, James Palmer came out and he said, Look, the Chiefs have reason for greater love for the guys they have in house. They have greater plans for Sky Moore and they have greater plans for Kadarius Tony. And there's even this report that they view Tony like a wide receiver one. Like if that's the case, I mean, if Sky Moore can step up and be a secondary or even a tertiary receiver, if Kadarius Tony can be Tyreek Hill, then they already have Marquez Valdez Scantling, and then we don't have to worry about anything. I mean, now we're talking about a big nothing, and and with Travis Kelsey, they're already set. But also, you have the inconsistency of MBS. You have the inexperience of Sky Moore. You have the injury proneness of Tony. And all three of those, look, you got to approach an NFL season like everything's going to go wrong. That's how you have to do it. Otherwise, you're screwed. That's just the way that works. So, yeah, Tony's probably going to go down. Yeah, MVS is probably going to drop some passes or 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 have some sort of miscommunication. Yeah, Sky Moore is probably going to have some more miscues as he learns the position. So, yeah, I, I'm with you. I think it is a concern. You got to bring in a guy. I feel a little bit different than you about some of those names that you brought up. But, but yeah, there it is a concern. Yeah. Uh, Something I do want to bring up is Caesars. Yes, Caesars. If you use Caesars to bet, use the code Arrowful and you get your first free bet. Oh, no, your first bet on Caesars up to $1,250. That's with the code Arrowful. Minimum $10 wager required. Must register with eligible promo code, which again is Arrowful. New customers only, 21 plus and present in Kansas. Gambling problem, call text 1-800-522-4700, Kansas. See full terms at caesars.com slash sportsbook dash and dash casino or in the description below. I, I want to talk a little bit more here about wide receiver because we've been we've been lingering here. And I'd, I'd love to know if you're in or out on some of these scenarios or to what level you're in or out. We've been talking about this new Hopkins trade. It's going to happen at some point. Ian Rappaport is saying the trade issues or the, you know, the trades are coming down the line. People are really discussing things. It's not like the Cardinals have gone on record and said, this is all for nothing. We're keeping this guy. What are you all talking about? I mean, something's happening here and and it's going to happen before or during the draft. Is this the move that you want to see the chiefs make? Are you in or out on it? Are you just along for the ride? Like whatever Veach wants to do. Just curious your take here. I actually don't have extremely strong feelings either way because I know myself. My, my mind is telling me I don't want DeAndre Hopkins here based on the contract, based on the age, based on what Brett Veach has done over the past few offseasons, which is try and build for the future, right? 
But my my heart is telling me bleep yes. Bring DeAndre Hopkins here. Have a legitimate wide receiver one paired with Patrick Mahomes. But the Chiefs again have just proven they don't need that. They don't need him. It, it's it's extra icing on the cake. The cake's delicious. You've already won the cake, but put some extra ice on it for good measure. That's what DeAndre Hopkins would be. Yeah. Now, if he wants to restructure his deal to where all that cap money is not getting hit first year, whether he's not making what seventeen point five AAV over two seasons, then sure, I could be intrigued. If it's not a large amount to get him here in Kansas City, then sure, again, I would be intrigued. Um, what is that price point? I don't know. I don't have a number in my head right now. I guess uh, I mean Brandon, trade compensation. Like, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Brandon oh, okay. Cooks okay. went for a fifth and sixth. DeAndre yeah. Hopkins is better than Brandon Cooks. Brandon Cooks also has some, uh, I don't know if it's baggage or what, because he's had six-plus 1,000-yard seasons, right? And he's been on, what, five teams now? Crazy. He can't stand anywhere. So DeAndre Hopkins is probably going to go for more than that. I don't know if it's a second. Don't know if it's a third. Um, probably right in that range. Yeah. I just feel like I have some concerns with the age. I have some concerns with the drastic fall off that we've seen with players of his caliber around this age and AJ Green and Julio Jones. But if you always play scared, someone else is going to get an elite wide receiver one that stays elite at age 31, 32, and 33. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm team nuke. I've been team nuke. I'm all about it. I think if he shows up in Kansas City, we're looking at a. I think we're looking at twelve fifty yards. I think we're looking at ten eleven touchdowns, and I think we're all shaking our heads, going, "I can't believe they got him for, you know, whatever they probably probably whatever they paid for Kadarius Tony is what is around what it would cost. I would I would think a late day three pick and a and a and a day two pick. If if the Chiefs trade their third, that's basically a four, an early fourth round, late third round pick anyway. So it's not like chiefs picks are really that valuable compared to other teams. Cause they're picking so late. So you gotta, you know, you gotta factor that in for any team receiving that pick. Uh, it, it, it sounds deceiving to say a second round pick when it's really like sure. number 65 or something. So um, that said, I, I, I like nuke. I think nuke is, is more proven and more talented and less issue prone than like the Julio Joneses or the AJ greens of recent deals. Um, I, I would be all over if, if I could, um, I, I am concerned about some money there. Um, I get that, but, uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm totally for it. Uh, but it's interesting. again, again, I will say just really quickly, if they trade it for DeAndre Hopkins, you better believe I am going to be thrilled, excited. I'm going to be sure, bouncing sure. off the walls. I'll talk myself into it a hundred percent, but again, sure. just the, the, the analytical side of me is saying, I at least have some question marks regarding this. Hey, you're you're a genie in the bottle. Your body's saying let's go, but your heart is saying no. That's what you're saying. Uh, and we all feel that Aguilera from time to time. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, you, I feel that way about uh, Odell. So let's go there. Like what? Like how do you feel? You know, because he's the other name. He's the other name out there. Um, you know, and and he wouldn't require a trade. Right, I mean, you're able to get a guy without having to get rid of your assets. Um, like, like, what's your take on Odell? He'd be a lot cheaper, mm-hmm. I'm assuming. Uh, there's a lot more to like there off the field, cost and cost in Odell. Would you rather have him than New Hopkins? As far as the player, I'd rather have Hopkins. As far as everything that goes into it, I might say Odell Beckham Jr. Uh, I will also point out, full transparency, I am a massive Odell Beckham Jr. supporter. I always have been. uh, I think he's gotten a bad rap by some of the media. I I think his passion has sometimes been equated to a horrible teammate. Now, has he done some head-scratching things, to say the least? You bet your ass he has, okay? I know at times he's done some things that have been um, not great. Not great. But I also think it's because he cares about winning. The one spot he was in, how often do you hear him complain? No, never. I know it was, yeah. He wasn't there long, but he was not wide receiver one. He wasn't saying, give me targets. He was firmly behind Cooper Cup, but he wanted to win. Teammate then. I think he'd be a good teammate here in Kansas City. He's firmly behind Travis Kelsey. I think yep. at this point, 
He's a wide receiver too, probably even a back-end wide receiver too. I'm not going to sit here and say, yeah, he still has wide receiver one elite upside in him. I don't. That many injuries, that long being, um, frankly, that good. He hasn't been that good since 2019. That was the last time he had a, a full year where like, oh, yeah, Odell Beckham Jr. is Odell Beckham Jr. again. He hasn't been that for multiple seasons now, but I do still think he has something left in the tank. There was definitely some question marks of, of why he wasn't signed by Thanksgiving last year. And then it was Christmas. And then it was after the new year. And then it was going to be before the playoffs. Nothing transpired. His medicals probably weren't good enough. But now he's had over a full year. That ACL tear happened, what was it? Uh, the Super Bowl, so February of 2022. Now over a full year, full calendar year gone from that ACL tear. He's not going to cost him much money. He said he wanted more than $4 million. That was what he tweeted out, right? He's like, I'm not asking for a large contract, but I think I'm worth more than $4 million. I think he's worth more than $4 million too. If you gave him a two-year, $12 million contract, would you take it? I would offer him that. I, I, think, he might, I think he might entertain it too. Plus, no draft capital. I think I could talk myself yeah. into Odo Beckham Jr. more than I could talk myself into DeAndre Hopkins. I, I, I could see both sides. I totally understand that. I... I I am more interested in Nuke Hopkins because um, because I think even coming into this year, I don't need the Chiefs to make ten more draft picks. There's not that many roster spots. You, you made you made ten last year. All ten made the team. Eight or nine of them looked super. I don't need another ten rookies. That like the Chiefs aren't shallow anymore. So I'm okay with trading a couple of these picks if they get a, a, a great player. New Hopkins averaged 80 yards per game last year that he played. That's still a very productive, steady wide receiver. That's what the Chiefs need, um, especially as you know Travis Kelsey continues to get older. I know he had a career year last year, but he ended the year with that back pain, and I just can't get that out of my head. So, I mean, I'm hoping he's all right. He's going to rest, you know, whatever. But, yeah, I'd, I'd like someone else who can move the chains and command defense's attention at a greater level than what like Juju Smith-Schuster was able to do for the offense last year. So I would go all in on a guy like that, all in being a third-round pick. And, and <laughs> so, yeah, you know, get – get uh, you know, you get what I'm saying there. And what's yeah. interesting, even reading the comments, people feel the same way we do. You have people who love it and people who don't like it for both Odell and, and DeAndre Hopkins, and it, it shows that we're all kind of – Sounds good, and then now uh, we're, we're not so sure. And again, I'll always throw the caveat. I've just always been a massive fan of Odell Beckham Jr. I like the way he plays the game. It's just so smooth. There's yeah. sometimes you look at a player and just the way he moves. The for for me, it was like Kyrie Irving in the NBA. When you're that smooth of a player, sometimes you almost look better than you really are. Even the ball goes in the same way, right? Yeah. Odell Beckham Jr. catches the ball the same way as other guys, but he looks so smooth doing it. Sometimes yeah. it makes it just jump off more. That's the way I've always been. Um, I think you and I are kind of on the same page and kind of different where uh, a veteran wide receiver makes sense to Kansas City, but also the Chiefs are probably going to build this through the draft. That's what they've told us they're going to do by their actions the past couple of years, but it doesn't hurt to bring in a guy who's a known commodity. Um, let me bring up two scenarios here for you and see what you think. What would you think of putting something temporary or smaller at the position and then waiting until the trade deadline? when another six to dozen teams are going to be calling a quiz. Like right now, let's say this, Jerry Judy. I mean, I'm just throwing out a random name. Like, so let's say this, Jerry Judy. The, right now the Broncos are gearing up for to win. They're trying to acquire talent. They're going all in. Sean Payton, Russ Wilson, whatever. If the Broncos are sitting in the divisional basement once again in mid-November next year, early November, Jerry Judy is destined for free agency in – a couple months, you're going to have other teams like that. What if the Washington Redskins are sitting there with Curtis Samuel? What if the Bucks are sitting there with Mike Evans? What if, like, whatever, right? Like, these teams, a lot of the guys that can't be wiggled free right now will be free in late October, early November. Would it be worth it for the Chiefs to go, you know what, let's go cheap right now. Let's, I mean, let's bring in Odell for a few million versus, like, DeAndre for millions and millions and draft assets. And then if that doesn't quite work out mid season and, and if it's, if we have this glaring need for a playmaker, well then we go and just swipe a guy from a, from a basement dweller 
Like, w- like, would you rather see them go that route, or would you rather see them? No, let's get it. Let's get it done. Let's get it up front, and then we we ride the whole season together with chemistry as a full unit. I think it's more fun for the fan to ride all season with a full unit. But I think yeah. your your scenario makes a lot of sense. You might end up even getting better upside with guys like Jerry Judy, with guys like Mike Evans, who you were able to get, you know, halfway through the season. I think that aspect and that point does make a lot of sense. What we see now, what we see, you know, when training camp starts and what we see week one, and then compared to the trade deadline, you might see a completely different wide receiver core. I know some folks are so high on Justin Ross. Maybe they want to see what Justin Ross has. Maybe they want to see what Sky Moore has in a actual starter's capacity. These are real possibilities the Chiefs want to find out. And maybe they think Sky Moore is the guy. We find out he's not a legitimate wide receiver, too. Maybe he's not the Judas with shoots or fix. They go, you know what? Let's go out and trade for a guy. That could make a lot of sense. Then you have your, your chance to see the future. You have a chance to see what, what, what you need, what your weaknesses are. I like your, your thinking there, Matt. So then what if the scenario is McCall Hardman returns on a one-year deal to provide further depth return option, experience, et cetera. Mm. That's a tough one. I I like McCall Hardman. I think it makes sense for the Chiefs to bring him back on a relatively cheap one-year deal. I I don't know if he wants to take that. The wide receiver market's down so much, so maybe he thinks that this is his best option, take one-year deal and approve it deal. I know players hate doing that, but Juju Smith-Schuster just did and got paid, but even his – pay was less than I think he was hoping for when he was going to hit the free agent market. Maybe he tries to wait, wait this year out and, and wait for the market to rebound. I don't know how much McCall Hardman's going to play this upcoming season though. If he's on the chiefs roster, I don't know if, if he's going to play a ton or if Kadarius Tony just completely filled that role. That might be the, that might be the case. I, they can play together. I'm not saying they can't, yeah. but it feels like they're very similar players in a lot of aspects I prefer Tony over Hardman. So Hardman might not, it might not behoove him to stay in Kansas city. if he's not getting a lot of PT. Yeah. It, it's an interesting scenario to me, uh, you know, for the sake of review, McCole Hardman had surgery, successful surgery for the groin injury that plagued him since week nine. And then the given timetable, at least from one reporter was eight weeks. If you map that out, that makes him available right around the draft. And I know that most teams would probably prefer to sign a free agent. If you're already that close to the draft, you might as well see what the draft gives you before you sign a guy uh, at that point. So Hardman's already missed out on the big money as if he were like healthy and productive all year. Now he can't, he couldn't pass a physical probably right now if he wanted to, he's got to wait anyway. And then he has to wait that long. He might have to wait until after the draft. What teams are going to be there with decent money and a, and, and a wide open slot there? Maybe even not the Chiefs. I don't know. I, I feel bad for Hardman's scenario at this point because the contract here went just about as bad as it could have. And then the offseason is just about as bad as well because he's now he's having to wait months while other people are, are – you know, taking up whatever slots and, and, and money are available there. Yeah. Uh, I give you my curveball of Richie James. Yeah. Richie James is my curveball wide receivers because I like yeah. what he did uh, yeah. with the Giants, like how he took over and how he he's not a big guy, but he's not scared to go over the middle. He can take a hit. And I do think at times you could use him as a returner because he is explosive. And maybe that saves you from using Kadarius Tony and hopefully that keeps him healthier. That's my wild card wide receiver pick. Who do you got? Yeah, let me let me. Um, I I I'm going to go with the Falcons here, and I almost said Kyle Pitts because you know the Brett Veach former first rounder, you know reclaim a guy. You know he had a he had a really down season last year, and I thought, man, wouldn't it be something if they went out and traded for Kyle Pitts? and tried to like reclaim that guy to come in. And then you have like a clear air apparent to, to Travis if something goes wrong, but you can easily split those guys out wide and treat them like a wide receiver. And I love, I love ha- getting such productivity from tight end. Cause you don't have to pay him like a wide receiver. You pay him like a tight end, but you reap the rewards 
of a tight end. That said, I don't I don't know that you could possibly wiggle him free from Atlanta even after having the down year he had last year. So my first call would be, is Kyle Pitts remotely available? And even if we gave you our first rounder for him, can we get him? Uh, and I, I'd make that call. If not, though, I'll say this. The Atlanta Falcons have another guy named Corderell Patterson. And I know that's not wide receiver or he's not like your pure wide receiver or whatever, but here's what I love. Even last year, Corderell Patterson had a return for a touchdown. The guy has nine touchdown returns in his career. He is still just dazzling in the return game. He would take all that pressure off Tony, all that pressure off Sky Moore, all that pressure off Hardman if he comes back. He'd be that guy. What? Imagine Andy Reid with a guy who could flex out of the backfield like that, who could wind up wide at wide receiver. He's a total mismatch. Even still at like the age of 32, he's still a total mismatch. And he's never really played for that like great team except his one year with the New England Patriots, and they went all the way to the Super Bowl that year. So I, I just I think a guy like Patterson could really be this this X factor that it still leaves room for the wide receivers to grow. Still, like he doesn't get in Sky Moore's way, he doesn't get in Tony's way, he doesn't get in MVS's way if, if you project more for any of these guys, and yet he's that veteran presence. It's another wrinkle, and I love the I love the special teams factor of it. So, um, yeah. yeah, I'm 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 for it. I, plus, plus, what's that going to cost you? Yeah, I, no, I, that's that's fascinating. That that's a really fascinating one because you're right. He'd be so good out of the backfield. He's been a wide receiver. He's been a running back. Uh, you don't have to give him a ton of carries. Uh, if Isaiah if Isaiah Pacheco is your guy, if Isaiah Pacheco is your first and second down back. Whatever you have with Jerry McKinnon, if he's a playoff guy only, if he gets resigned, who knows what that situation holds for him. Cordell Patterson can make some sense as a third down back because he is such a good pass catcher. I like that thought process, and that's a very good wrinkle. Well, thanks, man. Thanks. I appreciate yeah. it. Hey, hype the boys up. Come on. You got to hype up your friends. Come on. So feel Don't good. bring them down. Don't <laughs> bring them down. Tell them they're smart. Tell them they have good ideas. All right. We've had, um, we've had a few defensive additions since you and I last sat down. Uh, I just wanted your take on some of these. We've already talked about Derek Naughty. I I said my piece on Naughty. Don't need to say more there. But we got a couple new faces here. I wondered your thoughts. You know, we replaced uh, Juan Thornhill left, Cleveland Browns, three-year deal. Mike Edwards is the newest safety on the roster. What's your take on Edwards? What do you think of him as an addition? Have we lost something? Have we gained something? I like Mike Edwards. Uh, I like the the thought process too of you have a another third safety. That that was the main concern was who are they going to find at a third safety? Who can they find um, that makes sense? And I think Mike Edwards makes sense. Is he elite? No. Is he as good as Juan Thornhill? Maybe not, but it's probably very close, right? I don't think it's a massive drop off. And the the key is it's going to be Justin Reed and Brian Cook for the most part. That's my thought process. So you have your two guys, and now you have Mike Edwards as your third safety. That's fine. That's still a good safety group. I think they did a fine job here. Again, I don't think it's just this incredible signing, but also I think it was a necessary signing. It was a depth piece signing. It's, it's a move that should make Spags happy as well. It's not another rookie he needs to teach. Yeah, that's, that's true. That's true. Uh, from, you know, from what I could tell, he's a great tackler. Um, Multiple people call him a ball hawk. He has a penchant for making good plays. He bets on himself and his instincts and follows them. And that could be maddening for anyone who watched Marcus Peters. You either loved him or you would like go stop betting, like over, like overly betting on yourself and what you think is going to happen here. Cause you get burned at the same time. Getting burned as a third safety is a lot better than getting burned as a number one corner there's some there's some help there. So, uh, yeah, I, I I think it could be a guy who pays dividends with big plays at key times. I I like it. I think there's a little bit lost in the secondary here overall. I I don't know what Brian Cook is going to look like as a starter. It'll be. Do, do you I, think he starts over Brian Cook? 
I uh, no, I th- I think Brian Cook is going to be the guy. I think there's limitations in in Edwards' game. Edwards only stepped up because Antoine Winfield was injured last year for the Bucks. So you know, it's it's not like um, he like pushed his way through because he had to. He showed up strong uh, when the injuries were there. Um, so we'll see. Now, now the other guy, Drew Drew Tranquil, I think he's a guy who who could who could push other starters for starters reps. What's your take on what's your take on the linebacker signing from, from uh, the chargers? Yeah. Very quickly before we get to do, uh, drew tranquil, here's some numbers from PFF in regards to Mike Edwards. Sure. Uh, he was, tar- he was targeted 37 times. He allowed at 29 receptions. He had two picks and a PFF overall grade of 56.7. So the number that stands out is the 37 targets and 29 receptions allowed. Not ideal, but again, the two the two picks. He is somewhat of a ball hawk. Uh, so just something to keep in mind there. Just wanted to throw some context out for uh, what you're getting in Mike Edwards. Now on to Drew Tr- uh, Tranquil. I like this. Drew Tranquil could be a starter. When he was signed, I was pretty surprised. I'm like, you just see a couple of second-round draft picks. Uh, what, two? Willie Gay Jr. and Nick Bolton, and then Leo Chanel was a third. Third. So yeah. pretty high draft picks in your linebacking group right there, yeah. right? But I think Leo Chanel has his limitations. I don't know what they expect from him in year two. Willie Gay Jr., quite frankly, didn't look as good as we thought he was going to look last year. In my opinion, he was one of the few guys defensively, him and Derek Nottie, who didn't really necessarily take that step forward. This could just be insurance, but he also might be taking his job and Leo Chanel's job. Uh, I think Nick Bolton is obviously entrenched as a starter. The Chiefs use a lot of only two linebacker looks. They're not out there in their base 4-3 very often, right? They have a lot of three safety looks, a lot of three CB looks. They're not out there going 4-3, so you're only going to see two linebackers in the field at the same time. I bet when it's all said and done next year, the two linebackers with the most snaps, Tranquil and Nick Bolton. It's interesting. Remember last year we would like question why is Darius Harris playing so many reps over Willie Gay Jr.? What's going on there? Now they didn't even bother to bring Darius Harris back. And then they made Tranquil the highest paid linebacker on the team. I think that's a statement saying we're going to take this weakness, we're going to bring in a, a big strength and make the whole unit better than they've ever been in the last five years. For the Chiefs, I mean, I mean, this is the best linebacking group Brett Veach has ever had, certainly, and that doesn't take much to say that. But I, you look, Tranquil's a Tranquil's a good all-around player. Uh, you know, he, you know, he was the green dot guy for the Chargers, right? He he played Bolton's role as communicator and leader in the heart of the defense. He's very, very good in coverage. He has good instincts. He's not a slouch against the run, by the way. He's kind of that tweener role. We, we, like we were just talking about Mike Edwards, who's much better up in the box, right? So he's going to be better against the run. It wouldn't surprise me if you see more looks from the Chiefs that that keep more linebackers on the field because Tranquil's the kind of guy who could be more that like you know, he's he's your he's your dime safety, except he's a linebacker. He's going to stay in there. He's going to be a great coverage guy. Um, here's what I like. We've been handing out starting spots automatically without competition to the Chiefs linebackers for the last few years. Oh yeah, Willie Gay Jr. automatic, Nick Bolden automatic, and if if there's a if they're in their base, Chanel automatic. You're going to be the next guy, whatever. Now here's Tranquil going. Nope. In fact, all of you, Tranquil, Tranquil can do what all of you do. You want to rush the passer? He had five sacks last year. You want him to lead and communicate with the defense. He wore the green dot, and he'll do it again if you need him to in a new environment. Willie Gay Jr., get your ass in gear and coverage because if not, Tranquil's going to take your reps. I think everyone in the in the linebacker room is looking at each other for the first time going, uh, there's actual competition for things I want to do on the field. And I think that makes the whole unit better. So I when, when, when Brett Veach laid down up to $5 million for the signing, a lot of people were going, wait, 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 wait. We already have linebackers. What about defensive tackle? What about defensive end? What about wide receiver? What about running back? What about all these other things? And to me, what it does is it goes, no, 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 no. The whole heart of the defense now is looking at each other going, we're going to be better than ever. All of our asses are going to be in gear. And, and 
we now have redundant talent in the second level. You can cover, I can cover. You can do the run, I can do the run. You can rush the passer, I can rush the passer. And Spags is going to use all of that deception to make quarterbacks go, I don't know what the hell I'm looking at here, but now Spags can can really mask things up. I I love it from every – I love this signing from every possible angle. Yeah. Just I, I will second and sign off on what you just said, Connor. Uh, I'm, again, the boys are agreeing today. We like to see it. We like to see it. I wish we could uh, high right. five digitally or something. But yeah, it'd be kind of nice if we could. Uh, any surprises among remaining free agents? Uh, Blake Bell, Dion Bush, Carlos Dunlap. I'll go in thirds of those three. Any surprises there? Uh, no, because even Carlos Dunlap didn't sign until late last year, and he is by far the most desirable at a position of need. Uh, yeah, I'm not surprised. Are you surprised that Dunlap's still out there? Not really. No, I, I personally think he's probably trying to get his one last decent payday. He had a pretty good year last year. Nothing spectacular, but a pretty good year. And I always say this. It's very difficult uh, for guys to take these team-friendly deals to, to win a ring. We haven't seen it very often. There's a reason why we don't see it very often. These players have a very finite life in the NFL. A lot of these guys, they're not the face of the franchise. They're not getting all these endorsement deals once they retire. This is their entire earning period. They want to make as much money in a short amount of time as they possibly can before they get retirement. Their retirement, it isn't just retirement for you and me. It's retirement from from typically making money. They're not going to have these side jobs. You know, they just probably aren't. So Dunn probably thinks he has one more chance to get a two-year deal somewhere or at least make a little bit more money. Uh, that's not surprising to me. Blake Bell, writing was on the wall. Uh, he wasn't on the active roster in the playoffs, right? Joey Fortune brought back. Uh, Noah Gray is firmly entrenched as tied yeah. into, in my mind. I think Blake Bell is moving on. Deion Bush, not surprised, with the Mike Edwards signing. Uh, yeah. All right, next three. McCall Hardman, Darius Harris, Jared McKinnon. Um. I know some people want McKinnon back. I know they may even be surprised he's not back yet. I'm sure he'll be back. Honestly, I'm ready for a fresh face there. I would love another draft investment, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh round. We have so many picks late in the draft again. To me, it just makes sense to grab your, you know, grab a pass catching back who looks good, get him young. You have a very cheap but effective backfield. Um, McKinnon looks good in pass protection, and McKinnon is experienced, knows the system, and can catch the ball. But the juice to run is no longer a real threat there. And after another year, I, I, I just, you know, what you never want to do is be is hold on to the asset for one year too long. And I, I think we've seen that ship sail. What about you? Do you, do you want him back or no? I want McKinnon back. I don't think he's going to cost okay. very much. I, I don't think he's going to be very expensive at all. Sure. Um, he's bucking the trend. It's Benjamin Button style for Jared McKinney. He's getting better as he's <laughs> aged. He's almost getting healthier as he ages too, which is just absolutely wild. Um, I do think there's probably going to be a draft pick somewhere at running back, but I think Isaiah Pacheco is the clear-cut RB1 at this point. Uh, I like McKinnon back, and I honestly would be thrilled with Deuce Vaughn. The running back from K State. There you go. Uh, I think he's he's Darren Sproles esque, Jerick McKinnon esque. Yeah, like a it. small dude. I'm a huge fan of Deuce Vaughn. Don't know when you'd have to draft him. I know obviously size concerns are there, but he's a good complement to Isaiah Pacheco, and that's what you want. That complement. I think he does a great job of that. So maybe a fourth, fifth on Deuce Vaughn makes a lot of sense. You have nice hair, by the way. That's a compliment. I'm your, I'm your compliment here. Keep going. All right. You got great hair, Connor. Uh, next three, Tommy Townsend, who, again, is that restricted free agent. Yeah. Justin Watson, Brandon Williams. Uh, no surprises that any of these guys are still there. It's only the second, third week of free agency. Um, that said, I, I'd actually like Justin Watson back. Special teams guy, glue guy, had some really, really spectacular catches. Uh, although they were few and far between, he showed the ability to to make the big play on occasion, and and there actually was some real chemistry with him and Mahomes uh, early on in the season. Like there's some camaraderie there and some chemistry. So, um, yeah, I I 
to me, you bring him back. He's just a guy with, with, he came with Super Bowl experience from the Bucks. Now he has another year of it. I, I wouldn't mind having him around as wide receiver five or six. Yeah, I'm fine with you as far as the same thought process in regards to Justin Watson. Tommy Towns is a little interesting here, but I guess I'm not surprised. Again, uh, like I hit on earlier on in this show, uh, I want Tommy Townsend back, but what we've seen from the Kansas City Chiefs, they didn't put that money into Dustin Colquitt. Again, Colquitt was older, obviously. He wasn't in his prime anymore, but he was still a solid puncher at that point, and they, they released him over $1 million. Are they going to give – Tommy Townsend a very large contract and maybe Tommy Townsend doesn't want to be the highest paid or top three highest paid punters I just feel like he deserves it deserves it after the season he had last year um, that'd be my one concern uh, Brandon Williams I think he's probably gone uh, just based on the the bringing back of Derek Nottie that yeah. seems a little redundant in my mind yeah I'm, I'm with you I, I, and honestly and you know look I, I see people you know comment about Tommy Townsend by the way you know, that he needs to work on his holds. I'll just say this. I've been married 16 years. My wife is still working on her holds. So, you know, it just takes time. It just takes time, guys. I probably shouldn't have made that joke. That's a dad joke. I'm sorry. Well, look, we're already over an hour. What do you people want? We're here to, pl- we're here to please. I'm just, ru- I'm running out of jokes. Anyway, that brings us to the close of our show. Richard is rolling his eyes too. We'd like to welcome our producer, Richard, to the show as we get into the must list. Richard, by the way, what did you think of that joke? Was that a good joke? That was that was a, a, an A, an A-plus joke. So, great job. Yes, Connor. yes. Uh, folks, the must list is the part of the show where we bring up things that we'd like to recommend because, because we care about you. And what better way can you take care of the people that you care about than letting them know other things you care about, right? So, uh, Sterling, let's start with you. This week, what is on your must list? Uh, I'm about to come alive. The album by David Nail. Uh, I absolutely love this album. I think it actually was his first album that he ever uh, ever fully put out. Big fan of David Nail. I'm not a big bro country guy. Not my style. But this isn't bro country, and it's definitely not just old-timey Western country. I think this came out in 2008, maybe 2000, around that time. It's just good, good music. He has a nice, almost rock voice, like Southern rock voice. There's a lot of piano in this uh, in this entire album. Kind of mellow, just the, 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 the melodies and the progressions are just absolutely beautiful. Uh, if you have not listened to this album by David Nail, I highly recommend it. Is it like Outlaw Country? No, it's not Outlaw Country. It, it's really almost difficult to describe. Um, it's just a lot of piano. I love outlaw country, like turnpike troubadours, all that stuff. I get it. But, but if you're talking just good country, not bro country, not outlaw country, good kind of down the middle, David nail is your guy. This is an incredible album. All right. By the way, John F's wacky world says Sterling needs a bro country cowboy hat and boots. <laughs> I, th- I, th- you should do like a tribute, like a, like call it Missouri, Kansas line or something. And, and just no go, can. just go all in, just go all in on it. Uh, yeah. Anyway, I'll go next. Cause I want Richard to have to wait and close out. I want him to close out our show. Cause you saved the best for last. I'm just going to throw out that we've been rewatching Ted Lasso. Do you guys watch Ted Lasso? It's a great show. I, I just, I feel like I don't want to get super serious here, but I feel like everything feels so freaking heavy all the time. Politics, family, whatever. Like we're just in it and inundated all the time. And have a show that just makes me feel lighter for like 30 minutes. I, I just love it. And I normally like all of my art, like sad and melancholy. Like usually we're talking about like I'm watching The Last of Us and Chernobyl and whatever. But like I just love Ted Lasso. I love everything that it's about. It makes me feel good. And I'm here for that feel good. So yeah, I'm, I'm anxious to dive into this third season. Richard, what about you? What's your uh, must list, man? All right, we're gonna go just regular for this week. Uh, I have been rewatching ever since uh, Lance Reddick passed away last Friday. That was really upsetting. I, I love sad. Lance Reddick. Yeah, it was very sad, and I, I usually enjoy what that guy does, uh, dramatic wise and even comedy wise. But Fringe is my must list for for this week at least. I've been kind of slowly rewatching it in the background of just everything I do. It's a really cool sci fi show, very very much like the X Files, but a little more a little more unhinged. You know, the X Files tend to like they would veer more towards like realism and maybe like debunk a lot of weird stuff that they'd see on the show. But Fringe is just like out there. 
It's very much a, a silly little show about a bunch of people who are just working in a lab trying to solve uh, sci-fi crimes, I guess you could say. So Fringe, that's my, that's my go-to this week. Love it. Love it. Yeah. I give a thumbs up to that show too. I just rewatched the whole thing and uh, a couple years ago. It's uh, kind of a sci-fi. You're, in, you're into sci-fi, right, Sterling? Like you like- uh, Books, sci- sci-fi, TV shows, movies, I'm out on. I can't get into it. But like Jules Verne and H.G. Wells- you sign me up. That's interesting that you like reading about it, but not watching it. Yeah, because well, reading it, that you can strange. imagine it. You can read it. I don't. I don't need that CGI stuff. I'm an old man. Do your stunts. Yeah. I, all right. No, yeah. I'm kidding. I, I'm just not a big TV or movie guy to begin with. I like reading better. I, I feel like the imagery is better. You can imagine it in your dome a little better. So give me H.G. Wells over the show. That's just how I feel. I get it. I get it. We got a lot of people agreeing though. They're saying Fringe is good in the chat. So. Well, now I need to see Fringe. Apparently, Fringe is just the show to watch. R- Richard, I'm honestly proud of you. The fact that you chose a show that the majority of folks in the chat understand and know. You know what? You've done it, Richard. You've done it. Hey, viewers and listeners, can you you can clap right now. Just just clap along for me real quick. I love it. I love it. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, this was the Arrowhead Attic Podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you guys so much in the chat. The chat was absolutely incredible today. We really, really appreciate all of you guys spending time, taking time out of your day to listen, to comment, to chat with us, give your thoughts on the Chiefs and every other random thing under the sun. Richard is the best producer out there. No one else can do it like Richard. I would, have, I would very much appreciate it. We all would if you would subscribe. That means the world to us. Uh, we just hit over 10K. We did it on YouTube. We hit over 10,000 subscribers. So for us, we're feeling pretty good over here. We wanted to do it live, and we did it li- or we did it right before we went live. So thank you, guys. Uh, if you guys want to leave us a review, wherever you listen to your podcast, Spotify, Apple, wherever, again, we do appreciate that as well. Until next time, we are out. credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.